2: Welcome in, podcast listeners. I'm back from Mexico, and I am ready to roll. Excited to hang out with you guys. We've got a loaded show for you. In the second hour, John McClain, we're talking, what do you think, J.J. Watt to the Arizona Cardinals. And in the third hour, Paul Kaharski swings by, one of the newest OutKick employees. And we're breaking down everything in the world of chaos that is NFL free agency. I love all of it. Ask you to all go give us five stars. Going to get Danny G to read some of the five-star reviews this week. Appreciate you guys subscribing and listening to the podcast. It begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR.
0: Now let's get this party started.
2: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, your boy has returned from Mexico. And I got a bunch of stuff I want to dive into. There's a lot of different stories out there. But I want to start with this. Um, We had an amazing time, Uh, hung out. Jeff Schwartz uh, was also in Mexico, same time. Many of you know him as a regular guest. He also guest host. So we went out, he and his wife, my wife and I all had a really good time on Saturday night. Playa del Carmen, good restaurant down there. But I talked about this some before I left. And I have, this is not going to shock any of you, right? Positive story out there. Uh, the University of Alabama has said that they are planning on having totally normal fall classes and 100% capacity for football. And the more people I talk to in the universe of football, everybody is expecting come September in college football and the NFL, 100% full stadiums. And there is a lot of reason for optimism out there because the number of COVID cases is, is down to the level of July 6th. At most recent numbers that I have seen, we are at the lowest level since soon after July 4th. And those numbers continue to plummet, number of people hospitalized, number of infections significantly in nursing homes. Uh, We now have the one-shot COVID vaccine from Johnson & Johnson, I believe it is, that is now available. All of those things are going to return, I believe, sports Really back to normal soon. And I also believe, being positive out here, because I've been one of the most positive people uh, in the world of sports almost a year ago, we got shut down, by the way. And I'm actually looking forward to the March 11th show that we will have, or the March 12th show. I almost think it would be interesting to just go back and replay the show that we did then, and then the months of shows that we did where we had absolutely no sports to talk about. But... I actually think that football isn't even going to be the first sport back. I believe it is going to be baseball. I think there will be full, in quotation marks, because you know, as well as I do, a lot of regular season baseball games are not actually full. But I believe they will have full amounts of seats that they are selling in stadiums by around July 4th. If I were setting right now, and I've been saying this for a while... To me, the Major League Baseball All-Star Game is a really good target to have a completely full stadium again. Where's the Major League Baseball All-Star Game schedule? Is it Cleveland? I think it's in Cleveland. Dub, look that up and, and verify whether I'm right. I think that the Cleveland Indians Stadium or wherever the Major League Baseball uh, All-Star Game is scheduled, I believe that should be, by that point, a fully open, complete normal return to sports i think that is where we will be once that actually takes place and i think it could happen before then but i like to gamble if i were setting the over under on when we will have a full stadium for american pro sports i think major league baseball all-star game is a good target why do i say that well again you look at the factual data of the declining cases I think we have vaccinated in the neighborhood of 70 million people now, at least their first dose. Uh, The number of people that have already had COVID. We talked about this from the Wall Street Journal that there uh, was an article about 10 days ago now, I would say, in the Wall Street Journal that said herd immunity is going to be here by the end of April. We are seeing it happen in real time with these numbers. They are declining in a rapid pace. All right. So I also say this for this reason. I am seeing a lot more people that are out and about and ready to get back to their normal lives. And I saw it this uh, most recent long weekend when I traveled down to Mexico. So I flew on Wednesday through Houston and then on to Cancun, coming back, Cancun to Houston and then on to Nashville. Four different flights. Three of them were completely full airplanes. My flight from uh, Nashville to Houston was not very crowded. The other three that I took, Houston to Cancun, Cancun to Houston, Houston to Nashville, completely full. Literally, you walk on the plane and the flight attendant says, if you're not familiar with Southwest, you get to choose your seat. Every seat is going to be taken on these flights. So you are sitting next to a stranger more accurately I should be saying my wife was sitting next to a stranger Uh, I always sit in the aisle my wife is small and so she is willing to sacrifice and sit in the middle if the plane is full and so she was sitting next to strangers on three of those four flights and I know that Dub has been on airplanes, and I bet a lot of you out there have been afraid to get on airplanes. But to me, as soon as airplanes are completely full, there are a lot of people re- ready to get back to normalcy. And I actually had some conversations with the people that I was on the planes with. And for instance, on the flight back from uh, from Cancun to Houston... The guy who was sitting next to my wife was an older guy, he's a pilot, uh, not for the airline, but a pilot, and he said, yeah, I've already had my vaccine, and he was perfectly fine with traveling. My parents, both 75 years old, they just got their second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. My father-in-law, my mother-in-law, all of them have been vaccinated now. My mother-in-law and my stepfather-in-law are on the road. They are headed down for the beach uh, along the Gulf Coast right now. And I believe that we are close, really incredibly close, to a new era of the Roaring Twenties. If you're a history buff at all, the 1920s, known as the Roaring Twenties. Now, the downside is it led into the Great Depression and then World War II was soon after that. But I believe that people are so pent up and so ready to get out and have fun that many of us are already going ahead and getting on with normalcy in our lives. And I saw that, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, old and young, the number of people that were on my airline and were traveling and the number of americans that i saw down in mexico playa del carmen on a saturday night it looked like the las vegas strip all of their big now people have a lot of people wearing masks but all of their big dance clubs were open the resort the beach everything felt very very normal now if you go to mexico right now you have to get vaccinated, sorry, you have to get tested for COVID in order to come back. You don't get vaccinated, so I don't want anybody hopping on a plane to go down to Mexico to get vaccinated, but you get tested, and you have to be negative in order to come back, super smooth, took two minutes. They stamp your paper, you print it out, and you go right through customs, zero issues, and so, I believe, based on the number of people that I saw at the Houston Airport, the Cancun Airport, and the Nashville Airport, things are starting to get back to normal in a big way. The amount of people on airplanes is increasing exponentially, and and if you're willing to get on an airplane, as millions of people now are in the United States, you're also probably willing to go sit and watch a sporting event which is why I am coming back from my vacation even more uh, excited and confident about where we are headed in terms of things getting back to normal so much sooner than I think most people are anticipating. Such that it would not stun me if you told me by June Major League Baseball stadiums are full. Really wouldn't stun me. But I am setting the over-under right now for full stadiums back at the all-star game dub did you figure out where the all-star game was
0: i'm seeing it's down in atlanta georgia this year 2020 oh is that true that's what i'm seeing on the the old google machine
2: was it cleveland last year
0: it must have they had to cancel last year yeah sorry
2: cleveland sorry for getting everybody excited in ohio i'm gonna be at that is it scheduled for an official date
0: i'm seeing july 13th 2021
2: okay so july 13th major league baseball game according to dub at atlanta I believe that the stadium will be 100% full. Maybe stadiums that have been 100% full before that. Possible that I'm wrong. It's going to happen after. But I am setting the over-under, if I were setting odds in Vegas right now, of when stadiums will be full at July 13th. And by the way, I just jotted that down on uh, on my travel schedule. I want to be at that game. We've talked about this before on the show. My 10-year-old has turned me into a huge Atlanta Braves fan. Fox has that game. So I know uh, I know a few people at Fox. Hopefully, I can be present for that game down at the Battery in Atlanta to be able to watch Major League Baseball All-Star Game uh, in person on July 13th, along with what I hope is a full Truist Park Stadium all around me with people being able to celebrate being back to normal. So... I come back from Mexico incredibly optimistic based on what I saw on my travel and how that is going to correspond with people returning to stadiums. I also am optimistic because early on, you saw people come out and say positive things and they were immediately shouted down. Do you remember back last year when Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, said, yeah, we hope to have our players back in late May so we can start getting ready for the football season, working back through, getting back in shape. And all the Twitter blue check marks lost their minds at the idea that players would be back in late May. And then do you remember, by the way, in June, basically everybody was back on campuses for athletic training? But if you were the first guy to come out and say, hey, we're going to get back to normal. Everybody's going to be returning on this date. People lost their minds. I'm not even seeing any pushback now. Greg Byrne is the athletic director at Alabama. Yesterday, he came out on Twitter, said, hey, the University of Alabama has announced they're planning a totally normal fall class schedule. And then Greg Byrne followed it up by saying, hey, we're also planning for 100% capacity for Right now, Bryant-Denny Stadium, and nobody even pushed back in a negative way at all associated with that. Because I think the blue check marks, even the most Corona bro of the Corona bros out there, are willing to acknowledge that it is past time to get back to normalcy in this country. I mean, heck, even California is talking about trying to open back up their schools which is crazy. Maybe that'll stop everybody from leaving California and moving to other states. Same thing with New York, by the way. Everybody's been fleeing California and New York because they finally had enough with the idiocy out of Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo, and they're moving to my state, Tennessee. They're moving to Texas. They're moving to Florida because they're like, this is crazy. We're We're fed up with our kids not being able to be in school in person, our kids not being able to play sports, and so I am telling you that the masses are out there moving in big numbers. And uh, and and look, I just got on an airplane, traveled down to Mexico, had an incredible several days there with my wife, came back three out of four flights completely full. Admittedly, it's anecdotal, but it's not like I'm one of those people who's going to be flying around all over the country on a ton of different flights right now because I do my show as I have been for a long time from the house for radio, and from the house for television. Although, proving how much things have changed and how the technology has evolved, you can't even hardly tell the difference. I did television, even though I was off for radio on Thursday and Friday. I did television from Mexico on Thursday and Friday, and the technology is such now that you can do television just as well It's crazy, but you can do television just as well with a laptop from Mexico as you can with a massive studio setup, uh, which has been the history of how television is done. So I know a lot of you out there are like, hey, I want to hear hear you talk about J.J. Watt. I'm going to talk about J.J. Watt. I'm going to talk about J.J. Watt in the next segment. But coming out of Mexico, I wanted to share with you a reason that I'm incredibly optimistic. I also want to share with you this. March 19th, we are having a big public event in downtown Nashville for the NCAA tournament starting. If you want to be there, we can't yet have unlimited capacity, but we are going to have a big crowd. You can go sign up for the Outkick VIP right now and guarantee that you are there with us celebrating the return of the NCAA tournament on Friday, March the 19th. I'm going to be sitting there, having some beers, watching games, gambling, living my normal NCAA tournament life in downtown Nashville. By the way, in Nashville now, sports gambling is legal, so we're basically truly Nash Vegas now. If you want to guarantee that you are at our event, the only way you can guarantee that you're going to be at our event is to be an OutKick VIP. Sign up today at OutKick.com VIP. We're coming to your city We are coming to your state as well. Lots of different events coming soon with the Outkick VIP. Can't wait to get down in Texas and go to Houston, go to Dallas, going back up to D.C., going to go down to Florida, going to go to Atlanta, Chicago, uh, out to L.A., all over the place with OutKick events in the near future, but we're starting off 2021 with our first public event in downtown Nashville. Uh, you'll be able to watch the NCAA tournament. Hang out with us. It's starting on a Friday. Sign up today at OutKick.com slash VIP. That's OutKick.com slash VIP. All right, when we come back, J.J. Watt to Arizona. What does it mean? What is the impact? We will discuss next. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio.
1: people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com 2Pros That's O'ReillyAuto.com 2Pros
0: From BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip.
2: I thought in that moment
0: oh my god
2: We've summoned something
1: from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
0: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
2: (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
1: What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters?
2: We are rolling through the program, by the way, giving you a roadmap of where we're headed. John McClain going to join us in the second hour of the program. Longtime, 45-year Houston Chronicle writer. J.J. Watt yesterday, news comes out, broken by J.J. Watt himself, that he is going to be joining the Arizona Cardinals. What does uh, John McClain think about that? He's going to join us in the next hour. Also, Paul Kaharski, one of our newest OutKick employees, he is going to be also uh, at that uh, big event that we're doing on March 19th alongside of Chad Withrow and Jonathan Hutton. We will be doing that show uh, with their debut. Their new show is going to debut as a part of the OutKick Over the Top Network on March the 15th. They will be doing a live show that morning to get you ready for the NCAA tournament, which should be... A lot of fun so that is where we are headed it occurs to me dub most people on the show i don't think eddie i don't think roberto and i don't think that danny g have flown at least not very much you've actually been flying a lot maybe even more than me i'm trying to think since the pandemic happened i've flown down to florida several times and now i have gone to cancun I don't think that I have. So maybe I've been on like seven or eight, uh, probably eight different flights so far. Uh, that would be the rough count of how many times I've been on an airplane since uh, since this process began. How many flights have you taken, Dub?
0: Well, I went to. Well, I've been back to Texas for Thanksgiving.
2: You're from. You grew up basically in San Antonio. In San Antonio. That that's right.
0: Yeah. So I went back to San Antonio for Thanksgiving for Christmas. And then, again, recently. And then, other than that, I was on a flight for a bachelor party to Arizona. So, that's four four or five like round trips from Nashville to elsewhere uh, around the country. So, yeah, probably, I'd say, five round trips.
2: You and I have flown, I think it's fair to say, more than the average person has over the past year. Right?
0: I, I, I would mean, agree with that.
2: I mean, there's a lot of people who are terrified to fly. I just said that three of the four flights that I was on were completely full. Now, to be fair, partly that could be because there has been a decline in the number of flights in general that are being offered because of a decrease in demand. But anecdotally, three of the four flights that I was on with Southwest Airlines being completely full, meaning every seat was taken, is a good sign. You also mentioned anecdotally that your most recent flights were pretty full, too.
0: Yeah, definitely the one I just took, both both ways were totally full. And I'm pretty sure that the the flights I took for the Christmas break were completely full as well. Uh, so I've been getting those emails. You mentioned this last week, how yeah. they'll kind of send you, hey, just heads up, the middle seats may be uh, taken. That's right. To me, that's basically saying, yeah, this flight is pretty much full. So And I've gotten that email, I think, my last three trips. So it's been since November, maybe, I guess, that uh, the flights have been full for me, at least.
2: Yeah, and I'm flying later this month in a couple of weeks. I've never been to the state of Utah. So my wife loves to ski, and our kids' spring break, she wants the kids to learn how to ski and snowboard. So she's been getting them lessons and so, I'm actually pretty excited about this. We're going out to Utah. I've heard Salt Lake City and that area is beautiful. Uh, we're going out to Utah to uh, to the, uh, what is it like, uh, I'm trying to remember, the Park City. Park City area. I think Cowherd's got a place out in Park City. I've heard that it's phenomenal. I've heard it is an outstanding place to visit. So, I'm pretty excited about that, but... Those flights, I'm told, are also pretty full. If you just look online, you know, when you select your flights, uh, your seats, there are not a lot of seats available on that flight. So I am of the opinion that things are getting back to normal sooner rather than later. Again, my anecdotal data, Dub's anecdotal data, I think you're going to hear in the weeks and soon to be months ahead, a lot of these airline executives coming out, talking about their airplanes filling back up in a big way. And I think a lot of parents out there are ready for spring break for a trip to be taken. Maybe you're going to get in your car. Maybe you're going to get on an airplane. But I think there are a lot of people out there. I believe March things are going to start to skyrocket in a big way all the way through the summer. Where it's going to be a wild summer in terms of the demand, I think, for vacations and travel and restaurants and hotel and lodging and everything else. I think we're about to enter the roaring 20s and it's going to be insane because I think there are a lot of people bottled up that are tired of being locked in and people are going to come out like a, uh, uh, you know, like a running back hitting a, hitting a hole that, uh, that is wide open. Next thing you know, 80 yards later, it's a touchdown. It's going to be a lot of wildness there. Speaking of running backs, guy who was paid partly to try to stop him, although he mostly goes after quarterbacks, J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, this is fun. Uh, This is why Twitter can be fun. I'm going to talk a little bit later about why Twitter is often not fun uh, because of the way that stories spread. But early on Monday, I don't know, probably 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning on Monday, a story came out that J.J. Watt had narrowed his his uh, his teams down to three different potential destinations and that he had posted it on his Peloton and uh, that he had said Super Bowl 56 either going to be with the Bills, uh, with the uh, Green Bay Packers, or with the Cleveland Browns. And the odds markets, everybody rushed to place money on them, uh, to place bets on those three teams. And then J.J. Watt came out and said, "Hey guys, I don't even have a Peloton, so the Peloton bikes obviously have also been incredibly popular during the pandemic." By the way, uh, do you remember when that uh, video that Peloton did of the husband who got the Peloton wife for his wife uh, Peloton bike for his wife went viral? And people were like, "Oh my God, what an awful ad!" Why in the world would a husband get a Peloton bike for his wife? Because she's worried about her health. And I thought that was funny, you know, being able to stay in shape because my Christmas gift to my wife that year was a Peloton bike. Because we got three young kids and sometimes you can't get to the gym. And so if you have the ability to hop on a Peloton bike, it can allow you to stay in shape and you're not as stressed about trying to keep up. Every husband who went and got his wife a Peloton bike before... COVID looked like a freaking genius because as soon as COVID happened, it became impossible to get a Peloton bike. There are people out there that have been waiting for months. So if you were a husband and you went and got your wife a Peloton bike and she has been using it for the past year with a lot of gyms closed and the kids are maybe at home and you can't get them out and your wife's stressed Maybe a good time to bring up what a great husband you are. I did this recently. My wife didn't agree, but I was like, hey, you know what? Kind of a genius move by me to get you that Peloton bike for Christmas right before COVID happened. And uh, remember how everybody was mad at that dude in that advertisement? Like, oh, what a jerk. Why does he – why would you – I mean, because Twitter blue checkmark people are losers in general, uh, and uh, they look for reasons to be offended all day. But the Peloton ended up being a great move – Not for J.J. Watt, evidently, who says he doesn't have a Peloton. But he's going to Arizona. Two-year, $31 million deal. I think it could make sense, but here's the challenge. J.J. Watt has only completed two of his last five seasons. He has missed a massive number of games in the last five years. I think 31, if I'm doing live math correctly. 12 11 and 8 I think is the number if I might be a little bit off but a massive number of the available games in the last five years what Arizona is effectively gambling on right now is that he's going to be healthy if he's not healthy this is a bust of a contract particularly in a year where the salary cap is going to be set around 180 million dollars So you're tying up a decent amount of money, I think $21 million guaranteed over the next two years. If J.J. Watt, however, is healthy, it could be a genius move. Why do I say that? Because arguably the NFC West right now has the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Just follow along with me. Russell Wilson in Seattle, let's presume that he's going to stay in Seattle, although I know there's uncertainty about that. It's a messy situation. May talk about Seattle, I'm sure, this week. Maybe even in this show. I know we'll talk about it with uh, John McClain and with Paul Kaharski, our NFL insiders we're going to talk with. So maybe Russell Wilson's going to be in Seattle. I happen to think he's going to be there. We know that already the Rams have made a huge investment with Matthew Stafford. And Jimmy G, theoretically, is going to come back healthy. Plus Kyler Murray argument that I feel pretty confident about that's the best division for quarterbacks in the NFL in fact I don't even know that it's close the only other division that you could maybe argue about I think right now is the AFC South and that's only if Deshaun Watson staying in Houston because I think Carson Wentz is going to be pretty good in Indianapolis And Ryan Tannehill's been okay in Nashville. And then the presumption is Trevor Lawrence, who everybody seems to think is going to be pretty good, is coming to Jacksonville. That's a pretty good quad. If you think about the overall talent at the quarterback position, most divisions out there have a couple of teams that are just totally lost. For instance, right now, the AFC West, really good with Patrick Mahomes a lot of reason for optimism with Justin Herbert, but I'm sorry Denver Bronco fans, we have no idea what you guys are doing right now. No one does. And so you start to look across all of the landscape of the available teams and there's almost always somebody out there or a couple of teams that are just not up to snuff. They're kind of falling apart. So The case that you can make for J.J. Watt is that in conjunction with a relatively talented defensive line with the Cardinals, that they are going to be able to take the next level and put a ton of pressure on everybody out there in that division because you know that you have to get after Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, and Jimmy G. Those are three pretty good, I know that Russell Wilson can run around some, pretty good pocket passers. J.J. Watt doesn't have to worry about chasing around his own Kyler Murray. Those guys are pretty much going to be in the pocket where they drop back to pass. And if J.J. Watt can be healthy, I think that that could be a tremendous opportunity for him going forward to really put some pressure on quarterback. Now, I'm not sold on the Arizona Cardinals as the best team in the NFC West, and I wouldn't be investing in them in the wake of J.J. Watt either. But I did see that their numbers dropped a little bit kind of across the board. And as a result, I think still the best team is the Rams. But if you got defensive player of the year caliber J.J. Watt, If you got the performance from J.J. Watt like we got out of Tom Brady, then maybe the Arizona Cardinals could make a big step. And you still have a pretty young team. I also think that Cliff Kingsbury has to be thinking, hey, this is the kind of guy we need in our locker room who can help the overall culture and help us take the proverbial next step because year 1 you got a brand new quarterback in Kyler Murray year 2 you put your team in a position to contend for a playoff berth year 3 you want to be in the playoffs how do you do that ideally with good leadership and so i think that is uh that is likely where we are headed with the storyline as it pertains to uh to JJ Watt So I like the move, but only if J.J. Watt can be healthy. And some people say, well, how do you know whether or not somebody's going to be healthy? You don't. It's a risk. It's going to look like a great move if he stays healthy because he'll have double-digit sacks. I really think he will on this Arizona Cardinal defense, chasing quarterbacks who are mostly stationary in the pocket. But if he gets hurt, it's going to look like a tremendous bust, and he's been hurt two of the last five years. So to me, this is a 50-50 toss of the coin. It's going to look brilliant, or it's going to look incredibly uh incredibly awful if jj watt isn't able to stay healthy uh but how about deandre hopkins jj watt being reunited all of a sudden arizona is where houstonians who have been disrespected by the football franchise go to find their freedom this is outkick the coverage with clay travis
1: people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com 2Pros That's O'ReillyAuto.com 2Pros
0: From BBC Radio 4 Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment oh my god We've summoned something from this board.
1: This is Uncanny USA.
0: He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed.
2: (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you
1: dare. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters?
2: Happy to be back uh, down in Mexico. The past several days, you can call farmers today for a quote. Had an amazing time. Obviously, was following all those sports stories while I was down there. And one of the stories that uh, that continues to percolate: JJ Watt released by the Houston Texans signs big deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Deshaun Watson is the last of, I would say, the face of the franchise members of the Houston Texans, right? I would say the face of the franchises in Houston were these four guys. J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, and Jadavion Clowney. Jadavion Clowney doesn't appear to have a lot left, injures himself with the Titans, doesn't have a single sack last year. We'll see what kind of interest there is in him out on the market. Meanwhile, I would say good season for DeAndre Hopkins. I think certainly that Kyler Murray is incredibly excited to have DeAndre Hopkins. And now the question will be, what does J.J. Watt have left in the tank? But the biggest and most lucrative of all of those foursome that I just hit you with that defined the Houston Texans over the past several years. Now there's only one guy left who's the face of the franchise, and it's Deshaun Watson. What in the world is going to happen with Deshaun Watson? I'll tell you this. I'm starting to sense less of support for Deshaun Watson out there as this process plays itself out longer. Because I think a lot of people are starting to dive into the numbers and the data that I gave to you a while back, candidly. And I said, wait a minute. Why in the world would it make sense for Deshaun Watson to sign nearly a $160 million contract just last year and then suddenly decide, oh, I can't work with this team anymore? I don't have a lot of sympathy for him. I really don't. Because I understand you can be upset with some of the trades that were made, but they fired Bill O'Brien. So he had to lose his job because of the trades that he's made, which is how things go and the results of those trades, which is how things go in the NFL. Head coach bears the brunt of the blame. But if you are a franchise quarterback, like Deshaun Watson is, one of the things that you are paid 160 million dollars to guarantee is that your team never goes 4 and 12. And I know the Houston Texans have a lot of issues and I know Deshaun Watson had a good year. But you know the reason why they had to give up their pick this year to the Miami Dolphins is because Bill O'Brien was doing whatever he could to protect the blind side of Deshaun Watson. He didn't think they were going to go 4-12, and but he said, I'm going to go get Laramie Tunsell, and I'm going to try to protect this dude so we don't get too many hits put on him. And if you are Deshaun Watson, you see all of these different moving parts out there. If you were at all unhappy with the direction of the Houston Texans franchise... You shouldn't have taken the $160 million. You could have demanded a trade before you signed on to that long-term deal. And I understand the idea of not being happy somewhere and wanting to get out as an athlete. And certainly the NBA athletes in the same city, to be fair. James Harden have set that precedent where the minute I become unhappy I demand a trade and I want to go somewhere else but I don't look at the Houston Texans as such a failed franchise that you should be able to demand your way out of there look in the last 10 years the Houston Texans have gone to the postseason six times they have won playoffs games four times that's one of the most successful 25% of franchises in the NFL. Everybody who doesn't pay a lot of attention to the Houston Texans because they haven't been in an AFC championship game, they certainly haven't been in a Super Bowl, they haven't noticed that they've won the division a lot, that they've hosted a lot of home playoff games, and that they've won four. And so, to me, what is standing out there in general is that Deshaun Watson has been on a team that's had a lot of success. And even the year before, you were up 24 nothing on the road against Kansas City. And if Houston doesn't fall apart in that game, you are going to be in a position to host the AFC championship game. So I just don't buy into this idea That the Houston Texans are some sort of awful franchise. The more I look at the relationship between Deshaun and the Houston Texans, the more I come around to the side of, the Texans hold all the cards here. They don't have to trade him. If Deshaun Watson wants to sit out, that's fine. They don't even owe him that much money this year because he's still under his rookie deal. He doesn't even get his big money Until next year. I am totally willing to listen to every offer. That's what every team should do every moment of every day. I've said this before. I don't want to sell my house. But if you come offer way more than I think it's worth. I'll sell in a heartbeat. And I think that's the way the Texans should be approaching this. They have all the cards here. I don't see how Deshaun Watson can force his way out at all. We come back i going to talk a little bit more about this and also the absurdity of what blue checkmark Twitter got upset about most recently on Monday. This is OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, oh,
0: oh, O'Reilly.